podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy and Ben Ayton. A little bit of an interesting podcast to discuss today. Not only have we got yesterday's terrible performance away at Huddersfield Town, but we've got a, a, the small issue of another manager change. But before we go into that, Ben, um, football aside, how, how's everything with you? you? You ready for Christmas now? Um, yeah, all set for Christmas, but obviously the whole announcement of Tier 4 yesterday, me yes. being located in Hemel Hempstead, which comes under Tier 4, it's, it's quite deflating hearing that, um, especially with a newborn um, who's three months old, uh, worrying about that last night, but uh, thankfully um, for myself, um, we're able to form a support bubble um, with um, our grandparents. So we're able to actually spend Christmas still with our grandparents, but it's not going to be the same this year, is it? Like we're not going to be able to see our siblings or that or our close friends. And I just feel so, so sorry for the people who can't spend um, Christmas with their loved ones. And it, it, it's a terrible time of the year. And that announcement yesterday was, it was really deflating. And like we've said before on podcasts and tweets, if anyone's really struggling with this, just please drop myself or Mike a DM or drop the podcast DM and our um, inbox will always be open and we're always willing to chat. So, yeah, um, how about you, mate? Yeah, no, couldn't, firstly, couldn't have put any of that better myself, mate. As we've said on this podcast and tweets out and Instagram um, posts, if you are struggling, you know, feel free to drop us a DM. You know, Ben being a newborn, newborn, oh, a newborn father, uh, Ben being a, a new father, <laughs> he's obviously um, up earlier. So it doesn't matter what time of day, just drop us a message. One of us will get back to you. Um, but yeah, no, um, other than football aside, as you say, I know I'm sort of lucky that I've not fallen into tier four, but it is going to be a very, very weird Christmas. Luckily for me, I've managed to get all my Christmas shopping done online um, without having to rush out to the shops because usually I will hold my hands up to this. I usually go out on Christmas Eve uh, around Birmingham and um, I, uh, I tend to get the shopping done and then have a few beers at the German market. But as you said, Christmas isn't the same this year and it's going to be tough for a lot, a lot of people. So, um, like, like Ben has said, if you're struggling, drop us a DM. But yeah, um, unfortunately, though, we, we do have to speak about the football, Ben. Um, the, the, this is, I just, I, I was sort of expecting Where to start, it. Eh? Well, this is it, Ben. I was, I was sort of expecting it, though, because we're away and we've been crap away from home all season. We've picked up 11 points from now nine games. Um, so it's just. Look, we'll start, as always, with the team moves. So, as we all know, Vladimir Ivic hasn't named an unchanged side as of yet. That bit, I totally understand because of the rotation, the amount of games, etc. Totally get that. So, there were three changes to Tuesday night's draw with Brentford. Feminia, illness, we've since found out that he's uh, got COVID, unfortunately. Uh, Chalabar was out and Dini was out. Um, yeah, we won't fully go into the Deeney thing, but uh, and then coming in was Wilmot, Caput, and no, not Stipe Parizza, Andre Gray. 
yes, don't adjust your phone or your, your headsets, whatever you're listening on. Andre Gray was the man to come in. Now, firstly, Ben, because I know you'll have something to say about the, the latter, but how big a miss was Kiko Femenia and no Troy Deeney? Kiko is one of our most attacking threats, isn't he? Um, yeah. Always looks to go forward. He's one of the only players in the Watford side that doesn't really uh, play the ball backwards. Uh, we, we missed him massively yesterday, you could tell. Um, but then again, when Wilmot came in, I thought he looked all right on that side. Um, he looked very good and attacking. But yeah, for the latter, um, the Andre Gray situation, um, obviously... No Troy Deeney in a side. Ivic just came out and said it was due to disciplinary uh, reasons. Uh, but I'd like to know why um, Troy Deeney wasn't involved. But yet for Andre Gray, who broke lockdown rules for the second time um, yeah. in a space of possibly six months, he was rewarded with a start. Um, it, it, it doesn't make sense. And I think the frustration was known on Twitter yesterday and Facebook um, all the Watford pages, everyone um, couldn't understand it. Even the people who, who, who don't mind Andre Gray, um, they support him, but don't think he deserves that start. And he didn't deserve that start yesterday. And for him to carry on and actually get 90 minutes in the whole match, ahead of Stipe Perugia, who's actually, he's warranted to start for a long time. We, we've spoken about this at length before. He is our best striker at the club. Mm-hmm. He is the one who's going to get us goals. He's going to get us up the table. Um, but for him to be overlooked by Andre Gray, I just thought it was a bit distasteful, really. Yeah, well, I think you say there, Ben, obviously it was gutting that Troy didn't play a part because he was looking to score his fourth goal in uh, as many games for the first time since 2015, I think. So it would have been nice for him to start and maybe grab that goal. But you can understand maybe, I know there were disciplinary issues and he said uh, fatigue played a part as well, Vladimir Ivic did. And I, I can understand the fatigue part because... He has been ruled out injured and he's getting a run of game. So maybe the fatigue I can sort of understand. But your first one that you'd look to to replace Troy is Steve Paparizza all day, yeah. every day and twice on a Sunday. So to see Andre Gray starting and get given 90 minutes, it's almost as if that was sort of, Vlad knew that he was maybe on borrowed time and that was sort of a two fingers up sort of thing. I'll play Andre Gray. Uh, I'll give him 90 minutes and Steve Paparizza can come on for the last 20 minutes. So I was massively, massively surprised that that wasn't the case of Steve Paparizza starting yesterday. I, I really, really was. Um, and I sort of just knew from that start in 11, because nobody saw that come in. Yes, maybe you can understand the other changes. Kapu coming in um, before the game, you would have thought, brilliant, Kapu's coming in, Chalabas coming out, he's not had the best of games recently. Kiko, yeah, disappointing that he's not able to play. Uh, Wilmot has filled in very well um, in, that, in that position in previous games, so you can understand that, but you just knew that that starting 11, suddenly it wasn't going to be our day, uh, and that was proven to be the case nine minutes in. Um, now, how many times, Ben, have we seen... I think Foster did it against Aubameyang against Arsenal. Um, yeah. And then since then, he's done what I think all goalies should do. If the ball's passed back to him, you punt it 80 yards up the pitch. Because Ben Foster's got one of the best kicks in that division. Uh, A.D. Boothroyd's touched on it before. Uh, you speak to any Watford player in that sort of squad, and they utilised Ben Foster's kick because of the type of football we played. Now, you would have thought that's... 
from that Aubameyang mistake, which he has been doing, any time the ball's come back to him, I don't care if you rose-edit it or if you're putting it right up the pitch. I don't know what he's... I, I don't know what he's doing there. And it's not the first time he's sort of messed around with, with the with the ball and giving the ball away. You've just got to put your foot through it there, haven't you, Ben? Yeah, um, that's all you've got to do. I, I don't like it when keepers overplay the balls no. at the back. It's, it's too much. I don't like it. Like you say, just put the foot through the ball. You wouldn't mind if a keeper's comfortable with his ball at his feet, but obviously yeah. it, it, you can tell Ben Foster isn't one of those goalkeepers. He, he's more old school and he, he, he can hit the ball long and he can find a, a man up the other end of the pitch, but he's not one to pass it out from the bat. I don't like it when managers come in and they're like, right, okay, we're going to play it out from the bat. Goalkeepers, you've you, you got to play like midfielders pretty much. You've got to be comfortable in the ball, but I can. This, this has been coming for a few weeks now. Foster has been dwelling on balls when it's ever got back to him and the players closing him down have got closer and closer and closer and then yesterday it just happened that the high press from Huddersfield they caught us out and it fell to Fraser Campbell and he put it away he wasn't going to make any mistake there and we was on a bat foot so early on and it's it was frustrating but like you say it was on the cards after seeing the team sheet as well and I want to point out as well I think Ivic's hand was kind of forced again yet again yeah. um, I do feel sorry for him a little bit but Kiko actually was missing because it meant we had to revert from the back four, which has looked good in previous games, back to a 3-5-2 formation. And I just think the chop and change in a formation hasn't helped and it's unsettling the side. Yeah, massively. Absolutely. And like you say, Ivic was known for his possession-based football, which we'll touch on sort of in a little bit, whereby I don't think the owners quite wanted him to play that way. And Again, not to jump the gun here, but I don't think playing that sort of football for the longevity of the season, I don't think we would have made playoffs. But um, like I say, we'll touch on that in, in a little bit. But um, I, I, I just don't get this whole passing out from the back now and the goalkeepers needing to be great with the, their feet. And, you know, you look at Edison and he's prime example of someone that can make it work. Uh, you've seen Liverpool get caught out with it so many times. So it's not for everyone. So I'm very old-fashioned of if the ball's coming back to you as a keeper, put your foot through it. If you can find someone, brilliant. If not, put your foot through it, up the pitch. If you can win Sonny, great. If you don't, you don't. Um, so it was very, very frustrating to be on the back foot straight away, as you say, Ben. Uh, and then to make matters worse, in the 30th minute, we forced into a change. And again, as you've just said, Vladimirovic is again, forced. his hand is forced. He has to make a change. William Truster-Kong done his hamstring in. And uh, Sierra Elta is, um, is finally comes on. And the, the Chilean fans at... Um, send abusive messages to the Watford Twitter every week because he's not getting a game, <laughs> they'll be very happy now. Because I didn't know that was a thing. My brother actually pointed it out to me. If you look at Watford tweets, if you look at their Instagram posts, if it's anything to do with team news, you will see the so many Chileans in the comments saying that Sierra Elton needs to get a game. So uh, maybe that, that will be the case against Norwich. But how big a blow do you think? Do you think that actually sort of set the tone for the game then, Ben, losing a, a, a sort of a key defender like Trooster Kong? Yeah, massively. Um, to lose someone of his stature as well, I thought it was it was a massive blow, especially when you saw it was a hamstring injury as well and you know how long these hamstring injuries could be as well. So yeah. hopefully, touch wood, um, it's not as serious as it could be. 
Um, if it's if it's minor, he could just miss the, maybe the Norwich and the Millwall game, but we don't want him to be out for weeks because he has started looking good with a partnership for Cabaselli at the back. I, I didn't think those, them two really were troubled yesterday. The two goals came from errors, wasn't it yesterday? Yeah. So I think defensively we was all right. It was just. The, the errors from Foster and Papu that cost us massively. But CLT came on, he looked comfortable on the ball. He was driving out from the back. He's similar to um, Ben Wilmot. Um, but yeah, he didn't put a foot wrong. I thought he did all right. I think he probably deserves a start against Norwich. Well, unless the formation changes again <laughs> and we go back to a back four um, and then it'll probably be Wilmot and Cabaselli. But yeah, it's one to watch. Um, we, who knows what's going to happen in a few wow. days. This is it, mate. Everything's so up in the air. You don't know now, do you? So, but yeah, Sierra we it wasn't long ago that we were speaking about him um, having a good international break and coming up against the likes of Luis Suarez and I think Alexis Sanchez, mate. Oh, no, Alexis Sanchez would play with him. Uh, he come up against someone else that's uh, half decent and had a pretty relatively good game from what we've seen on social media. Luis so, Suarez for you, boy. Yeah, so... We, uh, we we know that he can do it, so it'd be interesting to, uh, to keep an eye on that one. Um, but as you say, I just that obviously that happened in the thirtieth minute. Two minutes later, we on the back foot again, having to defend. I think it's Cabaselli that's got the block in. Uh, as Truster Kong was still walking rounds um, as well because he'd, he'd come off at the nearest point, and uh, I think it was Cabaselli got the block in at the end. Went out for a corner. I think they get a flick on at the near post and I, I, I don't... Kapoor's caught flat-footed. That's the only thing I can think. And I, I just... What sort of a clearance was that? Like, just put your foot through it. And he's it just poor. completely bundled it. And am I being harsh here? But I think Ben Foster, if he was on his toes a bit more, probably could have done something about that. I know it's I an awkward both, flight of the ball, but... I think both of them needed to be on their toes. He was too yeah. flat-footed, Kapu, for starters. You learn from corners. You've got to, you got to be on your toes. You've got to be ready for a reaction. Um, it might take a deflection. You've got to be there first. Or I think he misjudged the ball, didn't he? I think the ball came over the top of the two def- Watford's defenders and they had his full head. I mean, he missed the flight of the ball, but yeah. it, it looked like he couldn't be bothered to clear that ball. Yes. Yeah, his it, body it, language it, said it, it all. He, he didn't look interested. Um, I think he really struggled yesterday as well. Um, but yeah, like you say, Foster needed to be on his toes as well. But that's two howlers that were preventable, um, which has cost us probably a point out of the game because we didn't look a threat going forward to get get an actual win. Could have been another point on the road. Uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's not great, mate. No, not at all. And as you say, we, we gifted them those two goals. Uh, I, I'd struggle to remember um, a, another sort of clear-cut chance for them. I know Fraser Campbell had one, I think it was Campbell, in the first half, but I think the Lionel had his flag up in the end and Foster saved well from it. But we, we gifted them to those two goals. Uh, those two chances, they had two shots on target in the first half. And other than that, they, we, we thought, we'll go one better, we'll give you two goals. Foster can have that one. Uh, Foster will give you one and then Kapoor will give you one. Uh, and it, it was disappointing. And then in the second half, you look at the stats. I'm just going to read the stats out here, Ben. 32% possession Huddersfield had in the whole of the second half. We had 68%. We had six sh- uh, shots in total. Huddersfield had four. Only three of those 10 shots were on target. Six of them were off target. Huddersfield had one shot on target and had two off target. So, and we had six corners as well to Rotherham's two. Um, second half, we had all of the ball, but 
just couldn't finish it, which is pretty much the story of our life on, on the road this season. And ultimately, it is what has cost Vladimir Ivic his job, do you think? Yeah, I think it's down to his performances away from home and his overall performance as Watford manager. I think it's just not been entertaining. And like you said earlier, um, possession-based football, I don't think it really suits the kind of players we've got, especially when we've got Ken Semmer and Ismail Saar who kind of want to play more counter-attacking football a more aggressive style of football where it's too too lacklustered and too slow and... I don't think we've got the players for that. And when you look at our midfield three as well, um, when you've got Chalabar, I know he didn't play yesterday, but I'm using him as an example. Chalabar, Cleverly, who those three midfielders aren't going to get you promoted. No, no, not no, at they're, all. They're not. There's, there's no creativity in it. Um, and I, I know I'm going back to last week's show or the week before show. Um, I read a tweet out from one of our listeners who's actually said that since the start of the season, um, once all the old guards start coming back, our performances dropped off. And I think you and James were maybe defending it a little bit, saying, yeah, but we, we kind of need these players back in. But I'm kind of sticking with this guy a little bit. Mm. The younger players wanted it more. They was performing better. They had a better desire. Since we've had the likes of Kapu and Deeney and maybe other people coming back, I feel like we've just taken a step backwards. It hasn't improved at all. Yeah, and I, I sort of do understand where you're coming from with that. I mean, it, it, are Valencia perhaps going to try again for Capu in January? Has he got that on his mind a little bit? I don't think he's fully committed, is he? I, I don't I think he, look I, it. he doesn't look like he wants to be here. It looks like he's he's not sulking um, because he's turning up, he's, he's putting in effort but he's not the same Kapu that we had two years ago the season we got to the FA Cup final we narrowly missed out in the Europa League he's not the same Kapu as that he's, he's, he, he struggled a little bit last season as well and mm-hmm. if anything we need to start getting rid of maybe some of these players I know, I know it's it's difficult with the whole pandemic going on coronavirus and not many people want to part ways with money, but yeah. I think we need this. Like, there's so much deadwood in the side, and there's lots of bad apples in amongst this squad. I'm not saying Kapu's one of the bad apples, but we need to try and shift some of these people on. Um, if if I go through the team from yesterday, yeah, please. I, I think are they good enough for the Premier League? Whereabouts? Where we? Where do we rate them? Are they championship players? Are they mid-table in a championship? Like let's start from Ben Foster. Ben Foster is quality keeper on his day, but he's got errors in him, and I think he's brought in a few errors into his game recently. So yeah. for me, he's probably a lower half of Premier League player. Cabaselli, he's had a good season, but the error with his handball against Brentford, it's a lack of concentration with him again, so he's not a Premier League standard player. Uh, William Truce Econ, the jury's still out on him. He's, he's new to the um, English style um, league. I think he could be a Premier League player, um, so he's one to keep. Um, ben Wilmot, he, he's going to keep growing. Um, yeah. I don't think he's ready for a Prem yet, but he's definitely a top, top half championship player, possibly playoff pushing um, defender. Jeremy Nagakia, a lot of potential with him, but he's not ready for a Prem yet. Um, Kiko would be ready for a Prem. Cleverly, I think Cleverly, ever since the talk of Cleverly and a new contract, it, his performance has gone backwards. Cleverly isn't good enough for a Premier League anymore. I don't think Cleverly's good enough for a promotion push, if I'm honest. I think he's probably good enough for a mid-table side. 
I think if you partner him up with the right person, he will be because Cleverly's one of these. He's a workhorse, so he'll he'll run his bollocks off. Um, pardon the language, but he, he will run and run and run, and he, he will try and chase every ball down when he's on it. Uh, yeah. And he's got that experience. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if he ever qualified for um, a Premier League winners' medal with Man United. I don't know whether he played enough. I know uh, Foster did, but um, he's got the experience. He's played at uh, Aston Villa in the Premier League. He's played at Everton, Man United. He's had loan spells. I mean. His first ever loan spell with us, and I'll be coming back a few years. But my God, he was good. But I think if you partner him with the right person, he's great. Now the problem we've got is Jimmy Garner's not been playing great. Now is that down to the style of football we're trying to play? Is that down to the style that Ivic wants him to slot into the team? Will we maybe see him play a little bit better with this new manager in? The, the, the verdict's still out there, obviously, because we don't know. Um, but I don't think we've got the relevant par- partnerships. You look at that midfield and everything you've said, Ben, is spot on. I think the midfield is the old guards in midfield, especially in that centre. When Will Hughes comes back, that will be a massive boost. Don't forget, Tom Delibashiru's out. He looked wicked when he before he got his hamstring injury. Quinn has now been ruled out for six to eight weeks. We've been hit massively with some big, big injuries in that midfield department. So I do understand where you're coming from. I just think that... His, his hand has been forced with having to chop and change the midfield. But, um, yeah, sorry, carry on with, with your uh, assessment. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. No, you're, you're spot on. I, I, yeah. I, I do like Cleverly. I just think ever since the talk of a new contract, his performances have just gone backwards a little bit. That's all. Yeah. Um, but James Garner, I think he's, I think he's struggling this season. Um, I, know, I, know he, I know he's on line with us. We've defended him. Uh, it's his first time playing first-team football. But I think he's a bit out of depth at the moment. I don't think he's maybe good enough to be playing in the championship just yet. I think maybe if he had a season in League One and then maybe United tried to push him for the championship next season, I think he might have performed better. Um, Essien Kapu, like I said, I don't think his head's fully in it. Uh, I think he's looking for a move and if opportunity comes January, he'll jump at the chance to leave. And I think he's possibly lower half Premier League standards now. Um, Ken Semmer, he's had a brilliant um, start to the season. Um, lots of assists, but is he prem quality? Um, I, not quite, not quite sure yet. He, I think he's on the edge. I think he's floating in between prem quality and and top championship half quality at the moment. Yeah, um, I think I, that it, loan spell would have done him the world of good though, Ben, because that's yeah, top no, like football in Italy, isn't it? So. Yeah, I just think the style of play hasn't helped Ken Semmer. I think, right. like we said, we we need to play aggressive counter-attacking football and that's where we would see him thrive. So until we play there, I'm not too sure if he can do the Prem um, standard just yet. I hope so. I really yeah, yeah, do. Yeah. But is it going to be a case of when we go up? with like When we got promoted to the Prem last time, um, the majority of that championship side didn't stick around. They weren't good That's enough right. for the Prem. We had yeah. to bring in our own players. And I just think it's the same case with this squad we've got at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree, Ben. Like, you know, I, looking at this starting 11 in front of me now, I'm I'm picking maybe a handful of players to, to go up to the Prem with. Um, but I'm, I'm, I think I know the answers to, to, to your last two. Uh, what, what's your verdict on Sarah and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Andre Gray, Ben? <laughs> Well, <laughs> I'll start with Ismail Star because I think yeah. that's a bit easier. Um, 100% Prem quality. I think Honest he's a top dad. 10. 
on his day, I think he's a top 10 prem, uh, Premiership standard player. Um, yep. I don't think he's there for the top four yet. I think he's still got a lot to work on. He, his um, final product, um, when he's through on goal, needs a lot, a lot of work. amount of one-on-ones he's had this season um, and ended up putting him wide of straight at the keeper. He's got a lot of improvements to do, but he's a top, top player and a lot of potential there. But on Andre Gray, I'm not going to say much on him because I don't think there's too much to say. I just think he's not good enough for a Prem or his lower half championship at the moment. Yeah, and maybe we don't play style of football. We had Billy from the Besotted podcast on uh, the other week and he said that, you know, obviously Andre Gray's loved at Brentford. He, he scored a lot of goals for him, but he did say, even he said, Brentford were a team back then, and still are, to be fair, a team that create loads and loads of chances. You give Andre Gray 100 chances, he's probably putting two away. Let, let, let's be fair. Uh, yeah. And even that might be, might be generous. But he, Billy's point was the, that Brentford side created that many chances that Gray had to put one of them away. And you look at the, um, the Javi Garcia season when we got to the FA Cup final, we created a lot of chances then, and Gray actually scored quite a few, not many, but quite a few important goals. And that's because we created chances. This Watford side now, he's feeding off scraps. And you, you give him, I don't know, you give him five, six chances in a game, Ian, that's not a big enough ratio for him, which that, that's not the case. And at the moment, I wouldn't pay him out in washers. So I, I just don't think he's good enough, mate. But yeah, I... I'd be very surprised if he's still here. But then again, who who will want to buy him in, in this sort of form at the moment? But just sort of moving on, one one thing I do want to say, we've we've obviously said maybe Capoo's got his head turned a little bit because the January transfer window's coming up. I was thinking the other day, Big Sam's gone into West Brom now. No disrespect to Troy Deeney, but surely Troy Deeney's a Big Sam type of player and Troy Deeney thinks he can still cut it in the Premier League. Could West Brom revisit that, do you think? Or am I overthinking it? Uh, not overthinking it. It's something I wouldn't rule out. It's definitely something I could see that could happen on the cards. Um, I think Troy's he, he wants that Premier League football still, doesn't he? I, yeah. I know if the opportunity comes, he would, he would take it. And I, For his sake, I hope he does take it. Only because... I don't want his legacy at Watford to be tarnished. I don't want him to carry on playing for the club and him ending up being a bit of a scapegoat where it's just, oh, Troy only scores penalties. Troy only scores from two yards. He's been a great servant for his club and I kind of think it's time for him to move on a little bit for himself and for Watford. Yeah, yeah, and listen, a load, a load of people have said that. I, uh, You will never catch me saying that, but um, yeah, no, I mean... (laughs) Whether he is good enough for the Premier League or not, he's, he's, he's there to be seen. And I will probably get hammered on Twitter for saying that. But um, I, I just think that Big Sam, you know, it's evident how they're going to play. I know they're playing today as we record this. They've got Aston Villa, which is a, a big derby around Birmingham. So um, it's going to be evident how they'll play. And it will be a low-scoring game, I bet you, any money. But 
I just think that he, he would suit that style of play. So I thought maybe if the if the West uh, Brum board have sort of given Sam Allardyce a little bit of money to play with, then possibly he could maybe revisit that because I don't think Carlin Grant has been doing too well for them since he's moved from, funnily enough, Huddersfield. Uh, so he's, he's one to keep an eye on, definitely. Um, but just literally finish up on that sort of shambles yesterday in, in Huddersfield. Uh, substitution's too late again, just very quickly, Ben. Paritza coming on for Capoue, uh, 67 minutes, gives him the best part of 20 minutes. Not long enough, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, we obviously said he should be starting. And then the last two changes, don't get me wrong, it was great to see Messina come back on. But you're 2-0 down, you're chasing the game, you've got all the possession in the world, it brings on two fullbacks. Mark Navarro's come on for Jeremy and Gakia, and Messina's come on for Wilmot. I mean, that's taking the mickey a little bit, isn't it? It's taking the piss, to be honest, mate. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> to be 2 0 down away from home with our form, um, he kind of shot up shop, didn't he? He was like, all yeah. right, then we're, we're, not, we're not going to win this. Um, let's shore it up and keep, keep the goals yeah. down. But <laughs> Huddersfield didn't have that um, attack yesterday, did they, to no. even trouble us? But he kind of he kind of put his nails in the coffin there, Ivich. He hasn't helped himself yesterday at all um, with the starting lineup, which was questionable. Um, not to make a change at half time when we needed a change. We was tuning down. We needed a reaction. He, he, he had to take responsibility for those two things. And then to do 17 minutes ago, bring on, uh, take off two defenders and replace them with two defenders, it, it's not good enough. And that's, I think that is probably the final straw um, that broke the camel's back. Um, yeah. and, and he's gone. And there's lots of debate over was he the right man to go? Uh, was he meant to be here? We did a poll the other week that we got absolutely ridiculed for yeah. um, asking if it's in, if it's out. But we, we saw the people that were starting to be unhappy. Uh, I think that was probably about three weeks ago today and three weeks later, we've got rid of him. Um, yeah. But where do I stand on Ivic? I think I think he's been terribly unlucky with the situation of coming into a club, um, being relegated from a Prem, being a pandemic wanting to try and find out which players wanted to stay, which players wanted to go, and then work with the players that wanted to stay. Um, lots of issues with people testing positive with COVID, which he couldn't uh, play. Recruitment was an issue. Um, we've said all summer, he's even said that we needed a left-sided centre-back. We've yeah. even needed a left-sided um, left-back as well to replace Messina when he was out. The board didn't help him out at all there. Um, so I do feel sorry with each, if it's on that um, front. But when you look at it from an outsider's point of view, people are like, why are Watford moaning? Uh, they're oh, fifth in the championship. Don't, don't get me started on this, Ben. <laughs> four, points, four points off the uh, two, um, second spot. Yeah. Why, why are Watford moaning? Why have Watford made a change again? You see Gary Lineker pops up oh, yeah. again. He loves it, doesn't he? He, um, he popped up yesterday and popped his fifth, uh, 50p and then he, um, he had to stick his nose or ears in it, whatever. <laughs> I think it is. Ears. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's from an outsider's point of view, they don't get it. But when you watch Watford week in, week out, um, it's been dire this season um, yeah. really poor started the season with a 1-0 win against Middlesbrough it wasn't flattering oh, um, no, it was not. we've had a 1-1 draw away to Wickham which is unacceptable from a and team we, that we should have lost up year. then because they had a yeah, goal we, disallowed which was wrongly chalked off may I add 
yeah, wrongly chalked off. Um, we've just been poor. Sheffield Wednesday away from home, nil-nil draw. We didn't look up for it until like the 60th minute. Yeah. Luton at home, we was all up for that. We thought, oh yeah, we can turn Luton over. Yeah. I, th- I think we just managed to sneak through and get a 1-0 win. Uh, yeah. Deflected Jao Pedro goal. Red in a way, poor performance. First 15 minutes was all right, but after that, it was poor. Um, Derby, fantastic goal from Joe Pedro. Other than that, that would have been another nil-nil draw. Um, Blackburn at home. As well. Yeah, yeah. Blackburn at home. I think Blackburn gave us a good old test and we just managed to come through that. They they had a penalty save from Ben Foster. Bournemouth, we was all right until the end and conceded in the last minute. Wickham, lost to Barnsley away. Yeah, we came from behind to beat Stoke and Coventry, drawing away to uh, QPR, drawing away to Bristol City. Yes, we had a good performance against Preston, but after that, nil-nil draw to Forest, one-nil loss to uh, Cardiff. Just been boring. It's just been yeah. unattractive football, and you, I don't blame for Watford board for getting rid of Ivic at all. Um, I've defended Ivic all season. But yeah, yesterday yeah. was the final straw. I just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. Uh, I know we said last week about would you rather get promoted uh, playing unattractive football or stay in the championship playing attractive football? I think I, I think I've misunderstood it. I, I think I've kind of rushed my decision and I said I'd rather get promoted. I think I'd rather stay in the championship playing attractive football and enjoying football. Yes, we might end up staying in the championship for a little bit longer, but at least you're going to be enjoying it. The championship's a good old league. And let's hope like, once everything's all over, even if we don't go up, we're in the championship next season and there's some good quality away games that we can get back to and start enjoying football again. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with a certain part of that. I do want to start enjoying football again. Uh, you look at 2012-13 season, we were wicked that season, but didn't go up. Uh, and rightly so, I don't think we would have been ready. But at the same time, I'm, I'm very selfish. I want to be back in the big league, sort of, you know, mixing it with the big boys. Um, but I think you've, you've pretty much summed up the sort of what happened last night, to be honest, Ben. Vladimir Ivic, if you guys have been living under a rock, last night at quarter to ten, Watford tweeted to say, Watford FC confirms the departure of head coach Vladimir Ivic with immediate effect. Ivic's coaching staff will also be leaving Vicarage Road. The Hornets thank Ivic and his staff for their efforts this season and wish them well for future success elsewhere. No further comment is available from the club. So Ivic's four-month reign is over with Watford. Uh, And I just want to touch upon something you said just a minute ago, Ben. From outsiders looking in, it will be our typical Watford. Again, they're, you know, sacking. How can they sack someone who's fifth? He won manager in a month in November and December. He's been sacked. At the end of the day, I think if we'd had carried on playing that football style of football that we did, we wouldn't have made the playoffs, I don't think. Yes, the championship, you do have to win. You have to grind out games. And we've done that a couple of times. Uh, Notably, Birmingham, the best sort of example I can give. Um, Derby, you're prob- probably grinding out that one as well. Uh, we've done it on uh, sort of a few occasions. Uh, the Coventry game wasn't pretty, although we probably should have seen that one uh, to bed earlier. Um, so, yes, November he did win Manager of the Month. And if you look at the stats for that month, it was very impressive. But the football, only Watford fans that watch week in, week out will know the football that we are playing is not good enough to sustain us. 
in this division. Well, I'm not saying sustain in this division, but certainly not good enough to, for us to go up. Uh, and there's a reason that we're nine points behind Norwich going into Saturday's, and I'll call it this, crunch game against Norwich, because it is a crunch game. We lose to Norwich on Boxing Day. We're 12 points behind top spot. That's the spot that we want, where Norwich are at the moment. We want that spot. And to be 12 points behind so early on in the sort of season will be devastating. Absolutely devastating. Um, we've had sort of I, so many just tweets, quick, haven't we, Ben? Just quickly, I just yeah. want just to finish off on Vjevic and that. I, I do feel sorry for him a little bit. And it's quite obvious that the problems of Watford do run deeper than a head coach. I just want to make that clear. Our toxic players have down tools, who down tools last season when they don't like a manager, have done it again, I feel, also. Um, we can't just keep having these problems with managers coming in and going when players kick up a little bit of a fuss. It's just not normal how to run a football club. But, but these issues will keep on happening until we move these players on, I feel. Player power, player power has become a massive issue at Watford and Scott Duxbury and Gino Pozzo need to sort this out and quickly. We need to get the Deadwood and troublemakers out of the club. It's not fully down to Ivic. The players need to take responsibility. The team have been underachieving every week. Why is it so different to the teams that also have been relegated with Bournemouth and Norwich? They're, 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 they're totally different. They play as a team and not individual. We need to sort something out and quick. Yeah. Completely agree, Ben. Um, we we are going to hear from a, a selection of Watford fans very shortly, uh, and one one of them in particular picks up what you've pretty much said. Nigel Pearson, Hayden Mullins, um, who else have we had? Uh, so yeah, Nigel Pearson, Hayden Mullins, and Kiko, Kiko, Javi um, as well. They can't be all bad coaches. So. You know, granted one or two maybe, but they can't all be bad coaches. So that probably says that there's a, a, an underlying issue, as you've just said, Ben. But um, we, we, we have had a, a few, we, we put out on Twitter, we wanted your views as the fans, as the listeners. Um, we wanted you to get in touch with us to let, your, let us know your thoughts on the Vladimir Ivic sacking because there's been a wide range of thoughts, Ben. Uh, before we hear from those fans, I just want to quickly read out some of the tweets we received because uh, before it was announced last night, uh, we put a tweet out to say, with Ivic reportedly, reportedly set to be sacked, who comes in? Uh, we, we had a, quite a few people coming in uh, saying that uh, Harry, for example, at Harry43839119, that's a long, long uh, username, that is Harry, but he said, player power again. Um, so we had Watford Focus saying, I couldn't say, unless it was a rookie or someone who wanted their first shot at managing in England, who in their right minds would come here. Again, very solid point. Uh, Nipa Harrison says that Georgian coach that was coming, which we, we we would expect if you've not seen, we did mention it last week, I believe, didn't we, Dan? Um, it looks like an assistant head coach was due to come in and join Ivic. Uh, I think it's Cisco Munoz who's a Spanish coach known for his attacking football. He currently sits top of the Georgian league, managing uh, Dynamo Tbilisi, who are 
on 40 points after 18 games, four points clear of the top of the league. Uh, but as we all know, it doesn't always work out like that because Ivic's um, sort of CV abroad was very impressive. Um, Cameron Smart, my brother, says, How or Bilic are the dream? Realistically, it'll be Gary Monk. Um, we have since found out that Adam Leventhal from The Athletic put a post out this morning on The Athletic saying that how isn't being considered. Uh, we did get a lot of people say how. Uh, ben, you actually replied saying, big slug for me, but wouldn't say no to Bilic. Um, and Chris Bone said, the Cowley brothers. And then Karen said, the last time we had a former Lincoln manager, it went well, I seem to recall, talking about the uh, the late, great Sir Graham Taylor. Uh, so we, we had a lot, a lot of people sort of message us so as we always say thank you very very much for uh, for getting in touch and as I say we, we did ask for some views of yours the fans the listeners to to get in touch with your views on the sacking of Vladimir Ivic and, and sort of what next if you like uh, so you will be hearing from four fans coming up very shortly now uh, and yeah this is what the fans had to say <laughs> Uh, my views on the sacking are, I, I feel it had to happen. I think there's been too many away games where we've played so poorly, been played off the park, from memory, uh, QPR, uh, even Hudd- I mean, Huddersfield yesterday, we didn't even look like scoring. I mean, it's just getting a bit embarrassing seeing all the charge we're missing. And when you look at our squad on paper, we should be walking this league and watching Norwich sort of run away with it a little bit now and Bournemouth are still picking points up. We are slipping a bit behind and, and I feel like the change had to happen. I know from the outside, maybe being fifth in the league is a good thing, but we all know as Watford fans and people who watched us play, the squad we've got, it's so defensive, it's so boring. I mean, we were we were 1-0 up Brentford with 10 men and we still look like, we look like the team with 10 men. That's how bad it was. Uh, Cardiff at home is another example. Like the best we played is four four two, and the amount of times we'll, we'll play it for one game, beat Rotherham two 0 and then it'll drop Deeney and put Gray on, who who can't hit sort of a barn door. So I just don't understand it. Um, I think it's for the best. I think Troy maybe had a part to play on it, and maybe you could question his attitude as well. But at the end of the day, it can't just be down to the manager I mean the players have to take some sort of responsibility because this is what five managers in the last three years or two years maybe it's not good enough there's something a lot more sort of grown into the club that we don't know and I don't know what it is whether we have to get rid of these the players like the Troys your Capoos your Greys I, I don't know but I think I don't think this Cisco is the right person it seems like we're just replacing like for like it's got to be someone who knows the division I, I would say either Billich or Eddie Howe, even though the Bournemouth links maybe it's a bit controversial, but he knows the league, he's been promoted, he plays good football, ticks all the boxes for me. Performances alone, Vladimirovich's time was very underwhelming. That We can escape that fact. But once again, it seems that player power has come through and um, got the job done once again because it seems very coincidental that an argument with Troy Deeney happens and a head coach is gone. The, the board aren't free from any blame at all either. It's, um, it's, they've really not backed Ivic at all. I mean, 
to not sign a left-sided centre-back, left-back, once again was just baffling in the summer when they knew about the injuries to Adam Messina. Unfortunately, the club culture at the moment isn't going to change whilst these egotistical maniacs that think they are Premier League quality, that are the same players that got us relegated. It's never going to change. So until they're out of the club, I believe this club will never, ever go anywhere. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope the next man can come in and galvanise the boys and get us back to where we really should be. But I'm not so confident. It's a big job. It's, it's going to take a real strong-minded person to say, this is how I want it. And this is how it's going to be. But if I'm brutally honest, who's going to want to come to Watford now? And that's what's scaring me more than anything. We're slowly becoming the team that nobody will ever want to even touch. And, yeah, there are some good names out there. I mean, if it was my personal opinion, Eddie Howe, it goes without saying. The best coach that's out there could do it with this squad. We need somebody that can work with this squad and actually tell them how it's going to be because the coach should be the most important player at this team, not the players. Stay safe, everyone. Merry Christmas. Morning, guys. My take on it all in terms of where we're at. I do think the problem stems from the top in terms of the pot size of the Duxbury. I saw a comment last night on social media that I'm beginning to think that the pot size have probably run out of ideas. Last year, the problem was that they took their eye off the ball massively, dealing with badge changes, ground locations, etc., etc., etc. I think there's play- the player power that I think has been widely documented. I think is too much. It can't be a coincidence that four managers down the line, um, we keep hearing the same stories of training ground rumblings, a bit of discontent. The players are not happy with various messages. I think that's wrong, totally wrong, and that needs to be stamped out from the top, which hasn't been done. Um, in terms of Ivic, um, yes, the football wasn't particularly appealing, wasn't particularly attractive on the eye. Up until yesterday, you can say that it had been effective because we were lying third in the league. Clearly, yesterday, there was an inherent problem. He was let down, I would say, by the players in terms of mistakes from Kapu and Foster. He obviously didn't help himself in terms of not picking Parizza. Um There was clearly a bust-up with Dini. Um, and then I think just his last hurrah was bringing on the two um, substitutes, defending substitutes when chasing a, you know, you want to get back in the game when you're two down and you bring on two defenders. So, yes, you could argue to a certain extent that time, his time was up. Shame all round. Um, where we go from here, I don't know. It will probably be this Isco Munez chap. Um, another yes man, do what you're told blah, 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 and then you'll probably be outed by the end of the season, come what may. So a little bit of a shambles at the moment from top to bottom. Things really do need to be addressed. It cannot continue like this. And as much as the Potsos have done some fantastic work for Watford and the community, and we all saw that during the early stage of the pandemic with the great work that they've done, they're not beyond reproach, they're not beyond questions, and we really, really, really do need some answers. So where we go from here, I don't know. But it's always fun along the way. Here we go again. So we must be prepared for all the ridicule that is going to inevitably come our way. Some of it ill-informed, but in some cases fair enough. Because this situation with head coaches is frankly ridiculous. And if this was another team, then we would be ridiculing them. 
but in this case, I think they've made the right call. Uh, the football was turgid, negative, boring, depressing, and not good enough, even in terms of results. Okay, we were third before yesterday, but you know, you look at this squad and the expectations are understandably high. At the start of the season, it was fair enough. We had João Pedro, Ken Semmer, Domingos Kina up front. And yes, you needed to be practical, grind out results. But we've since added Saar, Kapu, Dini, Gray, Parizza. And nothing has got better going forward. If anything, we've regressed. There was a telling moment yesterday, early on in the game. I think it was at nil-nil still, so it must have been very early. Um, Saar won the ball in the Huddersfield half, quite high up the pitch. He got an opportunity to run at them, put the afterburners on. He's got Gray uh, making a run in the middle. Uh, there's a real opportunity there to go at them, set the tone. And he checks and goes backwards. Why did he do that? Is that a confidence thing? Or is that instructions? I don't know. But it was very indicative of the mentality uh, running through the side. None of us knows what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe there's too much player power. Maybe it's a rotten group. Maybe. Havi, QSF, Pearson, Mullins, Ivic, they can't all be bad coaches. But these are the players that we've got. And so seeing lots of calls about uh, how the players must take the blame. Well, yes, to a certain extent, I agree. But what are we going to do? Are we going to sack them all? Are we going to sell them for whatever we can cobble together in January? Are we going to release a statement saying this is a terrible bunch of players? We can't do that, can we? So what now? I would like to see us bring someone in who is going to give this a right good go. I don't buy the whole they have to have championship experience uh, thing. Jekanovic didn't have championship experience. Boothroyd had never managed in the championship uh, before he... Uh, took us on. Even Graham Taylor had never managed at uh, at that level before our first promotion. Okay, it took him three seasons in very different circumstances. But I, I just don't buy it. Daniel Farker, there are other examples of managers that have been very successful with no experience. Football is football. But I want someone who is going to encourage us to attack, to use our attacking assets Someone who prefers a 4-3 to a 1-0. And we do that and we'll either succeed or we won't. But we'll have a lot of fun along the way. Remember the 12-13 season? We didn't get promoted in the end. But everyone remembers that season and remembers Gianfranco and the players that we brought in that season, the football that we played. And we remember them very, very fondly. It was a really special season. And of course, promotion is the aim. But let's have some fun. We may get promoted, we may not. But let's just start enjoying this football and let's start seeing the best of these players again. So a massive, massive thank you to listeners. Stu Levi, uh, Mike Smart, Ricky Aldridge, and then Steve from Twitter. I believe his uh, handle is the uh, one and only Steve D on Twitter. Uh, so if you don't already, make sure you go and follow them. Uh, thank you guys for your contribution. This is something, by the way, that me and Ben are going to be looking at doing for future episodes. So uh, yeah, 
there will be another opportunity if you wasn't able to to get your your thoughts in there will be another opportunity but some of those points are made there Ben I think it's you know for, for example my old man Mike said you know it's not necessarily the manager because they can't all be bad sort of managers so the, the, there's obviously a, a sort of an underlying problem with the players and but at the same time, we can't all sack the we can't sack all the players. So it's about finding that balance. Now, it looks as if the Pozzos want to bring in an exciting young coach, but that was meant to be Ivic, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was meant to be Ivic, um, but it hasn't turned out to be him, unfortunately. I, I agree with your dad. You can't sack the players. Um, he, he, it's not how you run a football club nowadays. You can't just cut ties with them and be like, right, see you later. You, financially, you can't do that. But all four of the fans that have just joined us and said their opinions, they, they all are all right with what they say. Um, we wanted to hear what they've said, and I think they've all been spot on, and they've all said what everyone else is feeling on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's, I know we want that young attacking um, coach to come in, but I think it's sooner or later, there's not going to be many managers out there who want to come to Watford with the way we treat our managers, is there? Um, I don't think there's enough transfer windows to even get out all the deadwood that we want either. Um, it's going to take a while. And I, I, honestly, I don't see us getting promoted this season. Um, I know we're looking for that new manager bounce now, but mm-hmm. I just think there's better sides in the championship. I think Norwich and Bournemouth, are going to go top two. And then in the playoffs, I think it would probably either Swansea or Brentford because they're both really good footballing sides and they're both doing really well. I think we're going to miss out this season. Yeah, well, you can hear mine and Ben's um, sort of, we revisit our prediction table in the Christmas special that we've got coming up on Christmas Eve for you guys, which uh, we've we've got some good stuff lined up for that. So we we can't wait for you to hear that. Uh, Ben, I think that's probably enough manager talk because with that much in the know, we we sort of delayed recording the podcast, hoping that we would have appointed our new man already. Um, And luckily for us, we, well, I say luckily, but um, in terms of being able to talk about it, we were able to record today on Sunday afternoon and Ivic was sacked in that time because there'd be nothing worse than us talking, will Ivic stay, will Ivic go? And then we record, put it out and then Ivic is sacked. So well, the timings have been, been kind to us this time around because it's usually, I, we come off a call with each other and then Ben sends me something saying, oh, have you seen this? And uh, yeah, we can't include it. So we've, we've been lucky this time around. But yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who comes in. I really wouldn't be surprised if it's his Cisco Moon I really, really wouldn't. And I also wouldn't be surprised if the new manager's already over here, if he's going to be from abroad, because obviously, as you say, Ben, the new tier four restrictions coming in and out of the country, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's already in here. The Pozzo's generally turn it around very quickly. Uh, as long as it's not Kiko Sanchez Flores, then we will be all right. <laughs> I was um, going to say, what's the odds on him coming back for his fourth oh, stint? I don't. Oh, I, don't. Um, I think Munoz is. Uh, currently the the favourite at the moment and uh, our friend Harry Creswell will be uh, happy to hear that Paul Cook's five to one at the moment to get the job (laughs) Uh, so yeah and I think my brother pointed out that Pearson and Silver are 25 to one uh, to to get the job but uh, yeah there's some interesting names on that list to say the least but Ben uh, I, I know we've talked a lot about sort of Ivic and his time at the club and we've talked about the Terrible, terrible performance in West Yorkshire yesterday. But in terms of going forward, it doesn't get any easier. 
we, we got to very, very quickly touch on Boxing Day game. Um, Norwich City at home. Now, are you... Right, if we, if Ivic, say, forget the Huddersfield game and forget that Ivic was on the brink of being sacked, before the Huddersfield game, were you confident for the Norwich game, considering we were the home side? Not at all. I weren't confident for a Brentford game and I said we'd lose that one. Um, so, yeah, I, I, Has I wasn't that changed conf- is the follow-up question. Are you still the same or are you a little tiny bit more confident because of a new manager bounce, possibly? Um, I think the best we could do, even with the new manager bounce, is probably a draw against Norwich. Uh, they're flying at the moment. They're, yeah. We'll find it really hard to stop them and I think they've got one of the best championship players mm-hmm. In their side at the moment, in Brendia, um, everything yeah. goes through him. He creates everything. He scores goals out of nothing. And I think yeah, it's going to be really difficult to play against Norwich at the weekend. And I'm really not looking forward to it. I think it's uh, all I want is the performance. I, yeah. I want them to put in a half decent performance. I want them to play attacking football. Yeah. I don't want all this crap that we've just watched with um, Vladimir Ivic. I, I can't do that. That will ruin Christmas even more. <laughs> yeah, I think they've put it on Sky as well, so they uh, they get to torch us. Uh, and Have you seen that Sky have released their um, games for January? And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've not got one of them once because <laughs> obviously we've been that poor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and to, to all Watford fans that don't understand the Ivic sacking, sort of have a have a load of that. But um, yeah, no, it's um, it is going to be. We're under no illusion; it's going to be a tough game. Uh, I'm glad we're at home. He's probably the best I can say. Uh, and as you say, Norwich are flying. Um, they, they've, they've had a lot of injuries as well, and they're still flying as they are. So that scares the hell out of me. So uh, that's that's going to be very, very interesting to say the least. But as you say, Ben, I just want to see a spirited performance. I want to see us attack. I want to see Parizza start. I want to see Dini start. Dini and Parizza up top. 4-4-2, if you like. Um, I want to see Saar go for it. I want to see Saar take on his man because he looks dejected. He looks he, He's lacking confidence massively. Whether that's the style of football we've tried to play, that doesn't suit him. Get him on the ball. Get him running at these wing, uh, these fullbacks. Get Semmer on the ball. Get him running at these fullbacks. And let's just create some chances. And I, I, I just... I, I feel sorry for the new manager as well that's got to come in because he's got to come in around the busiest time of the year. We've got a transfer window coming up. I mean, no doubt, obviously, the way that the Pachos run it, they'll, be informed, they'll inform the manager on who they intend to sign. The manager will have targets, possibly. But then again, it's that quick of a turnaround. Um, you've got, I'd imagine the players will have a day off today, on Sunday. Um, if they don't appoint someone, if Ivic's backroom staff has gone, I don't know who's going to take training on Monday. That This is what I mean. There's so many ifs and buts. So the, the manager's got very little time to work with them ahead of Boxing Day. Um, so I think it's possibly a a the um, damage limitation. But yeah, we uh, we did very... We did earlier, I spoke to Jacob from the Canary Cast podcast to get the lowdown from the Norwich side, uh, side of things. And uh, this is what was said. So I'm here with Jacob from the Canary Cast podcast. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, Jacob. Now, we'll start at the very beginning. In terms of this season, right at the start of the season, you kept hold of Daniel Farker. Despite, there was a few calls for his head last season um, at, at some stages from, from what I've heard. Now, going into the season, 
did you feel you'd be doing as well as you are now with him in charge or was you part of the uh, Farker out brigade if you like it at some stage last season or yeah it's, it's a tricky one because I think majority I'd say 90% Norwich fans are going to say that last season we were told right at the very start it's a free hit we spent about seven million and most of that were on loan players which is just nowhere near enough to stay up in that league he, he our sporting director came out after we got ready again and said we'd given him uh, gone to into a battle without a gun and that was completely right because yeah he, he had absolutely no chance we had some good scalps obviously beating mad city is, is the famous one and then beating Spurs in the FA Cup on penalties. He did very well with the squad he had because it just wasn't good enough. Um, it was difficult though. Like you say, mate, we, we really were bad after lockdown. So expectations for me personally were quite low because I just didn't see how he was going to turn a loser mentality into a winning mentality so quickly. But I think it's a combination of great signings and this league not being that great this year that means that we have not played brilliantly yet really or got out of third gear but are still top of the league and five points clear a second yeah I, I think the the thing that I liked about Norwich personally last season was as you say you you sport you you direct the come out and said that you sort of preparing for you were preparing for the next season whilst mm. you were still in the Premier League which I, I really really liked about that and sort of something I was hoping that our owners were doing but uh, yeah after yesterday's news obviously not the <laughs> no. case but um, in terms of the transfer front now obviously we, we're both in a similar position where we had a lot we had a few players last season ourselves where we sort of shown in the Premier League that they can do it at that level and then going into the Championship you thought are they going to stick around now in terms of bringing players in and bringing players out from memory you've only actually lost um, Godfrey and Jamal Lewis Uh, and then in terms of bringing players in uh, obviously you've kept hold of Puki, Buendia, Todd Campwell, uh, Steeperman although I don't know if Steeperman's playing as much but um, in terms of the players you've brought in as well you've brought in like uh, Jordan Hugill, you've brought in Ben Gibson, uh, Oliver Skip, players that you know will be able to do it at this level. Now did that Losing those players, those two players, like uh, Jamal Lewis and Elliot Godfrey, did that maybe put a spin on things of how your season ahead was going to go? Or was you confident that you'd keep the rest of the players, like your Buendias, like your Pookies, and you'd be all right? Well, yeah. So we have we had like the, the, the famous dubious five of how, who we thought were going to go. So obviously Godfrey, Lewis, Catwell, Buendia, and then maybe Pookie or Tim Crawl, who played very well. So... Yeah. Um, really, those are the two you could have lost. I think Ben Godfrey at this level probably could have done with another level in the championship another year because he'd only been playing with us as centre-back for a year and a half. Very talented. But we brought, brought in Ben Gibson, like you said, who is oh, just an amazing championship centre-back who's actually more rounded than Godfrey. So a bit of improvement there. And Jamal Lewis, again, whilst a very good left-back, very athletic, still has a lot of flaws in his game. And again, we brought in Javi Quintier, who unfortunately has been injured a little bit, but again, looks more of a cultured player and probably again an improvement. So somehow we've gone and pocketed about 40 odd million for two very good young players and probably got better replacements for what Norwich need right now. Um, like you said, the recruitment was was very clever from Stuart Webber, who's our sporting director, and um, has got in players who 
get get used to this league, know this league, and a physical. Last year, we really struggled against any physicality, really. Mm. And we've improved a lot this season in that regard. I think we've only conceded one from set pieces. So I've set that up for uh, Craig Cathcart score a header at the weekend. <laughs> but, um, yeah, all in all, it's, it's been really impressive just how, how they've kind of put aside just the absolute uh, horrible show of uh, last season and really kind of gone right. This is the time to make it up to the fans and more importantly, Daniel Farker, because yeah, like I said, he, he would have been very disappointed with what he was given last season and probably wouldn't have stuck around. So it's nice to see that everything's at the moment on a, on a going up path and looking forward to the rest of the season, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, this might seem a silly question because you are currently sitting five points clear at the top of the table. But are your aims now to stay there and get your hands on the, the title? Or would, again, silly question, would you be happy with second? Well, the thing is, it's, it's, it's funny because obviously, yeah, we're five points clear. I think we're nine points clear of third or seven points clear. And um, we've had 14 first team injuries. <laughs> so we have not had, we've had no... And no team really. It took a couple of games against um, Coventry and Luton. We didn't have a striker. And if you look at our bench for the last six or seven games, we've had just youth team players on. So with all these players coming back now, and they are all coming back slowly but surely, we should be winning this league easily. If yeah. you think of it, like five points clear of second with all these injuries, but it feels too good to be true. I'm sure you feel the same when when Watford are doing well. Is this is yeah. far too comfortable. I'm, I'm not. I'm waiting for the the turn of when we go on that horrible little run. But at the minute, we're just edging teams. Like we've we've won all bar two of our twelve games by one goal, and we're not playing that well. So we like I say, we we really are just edging games out. Just enough quality. Like Buendia is different level. Max Aaron's is again Premier League level, and it's just those little differences that in a tight game where Norwich aren't exactly dominate everything, that we've just got the players to edge it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And th- this is the problem that sort of Watford have had. We were edging games, but the, the, the football, if we'd continued to play that style of football, it's all well and good grinding out results, which you have to do in this league. But if we continued playing that style of football, I, I think a lot of fans will agree with me by saying that I don't think we would have made the, even the playoffs. And really, with the team that we've got, we should be challenging sort of you and Bournemouth to, to be sort of top two and maybe even winning it but I think we're actually nine points behind you going into a game with yourself so it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting one I, I, I definitely need a, a few beers to watch that one uh, definitely um, now you've mentioned a, a few names obviously a few dec- decorative names in that Norwich mm. squad if you were to pick out just one though as your danger man if you like for Norwich who would that one player be? Buendia Everyone yeah. do without a doubt. Um, he is, yeah, he, he created like the third or fourth most chances in the Premier League last season mm. for a team who scored about 26 goals. So you think about that and his level with this year is, he's got, he's got goals to his game now. I think six goals, seven assists in 17, which sounds decent, but yeah. he's, he's just, he's so imperative to this team. It, to be honest with you, I would try and kick him and try and wind him up because he has got the capability to throw his arms out in the air. He's very, he's Argentinian. So he's got that um, South American yeah. flamboyant. And, and you will see that if he loses the ball. He gives away silly free kicks at times. He loses the ball cheaply. But it's almost like he'll give one stupid thing away and do two majestic things. And for yeah. Norwich, you take that. Because yesterday's goal was just oh, 
superb. And his assists, he takes four players out of the game to find Cantwell. And it's just like, uh, at this level, I I honestly don't know how we've kept him. He he looks better than he did last year at the moment. And to be honest, it looks easy for him. So yeah, I'd say he's the main one, but he is easy to annoy and then potentially get sent off. So kick him, uh, do little cheap elbows against him. And um, yeah, you could you could fire him up, and it will either prove a disastrous move for you or a brilliant move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Brendy is a, a name that is no no stranger to Watford fans because you know he he scored oh, against yeah. us um, sort of post lockdown when we won two one, and I think he was actually, as you say, he might have a mistake in him, but then he'll go on and do stuff. I think when we played you at your place in the Premier League yeah, when we won two 0 he gave the ball away to <laughs> yeah. De, De Feo. So yeah. He, He's he's no stranger to Watford fans, and like like you say, you know he's he's absolutely brilliant for this level. Turning to uh, Watford, is there one particular player that you you sort of looking at, thinking he's a little bit decent? <laughs> I I really like João Pedro. I think it was against yeah. Derby where he scored that wonderful curling goal. It was. It's just it was, and that was just like I thought. Cor, that's. <laughs> I think that was a one nil game, wasn't it? Yeah. He, he probably looks like the little spark. I don't know if he. I saw he had an injury knock. I don't know if he played against Huddersfield. No, no, he didn't. No. And, and that's probably the difference. Like mm. if he plays it, and Ollie Skip has played every single game for us this year in like the the holding midfield role. So that's mm. going to be a really interesting battle to see how he kind of tries to sniff him out of the game if he does play but yeah he looks like a real talent obviously as Marley Saar is, is a pace and but and then you've got Deeney who lo- loves a penalty <laughs> yeah. um, but it's, it's a really solid squad all, all in all and I think if anything I'm more worried about trying to break you down but then it's impossible to know what earth's going to happen now because obviously under Ibik it looked it looked solid, but nothing spectacular whatsoever. Mm. And now, who knows? It could be a manager, new manager bounce. Uh, home home fans are they there at Watford? Are they allowed? No, we're um, we Watford went into tier four yesterday, unfortunately. So uh, we we don't have uh, the luxury of having fans. I know you guys have still got fans, yeah, but yeah, I think that'll be yeah. a big factor as well because you know uh, the, these two thousand fans are coming in. I, I don't know if Sky are playing crowd music still with it but these 2,000 fans make it sound like it's packed um, yeah, yeah, so 100% no I completely yeah. agree with you and that would have been I think a big uh, big issue for Norwich because you know Boxing Day under the lights it would have been a, it would have been a good one wouldn't it and I think yeah. it really would have been a, a passionate affair and obviously promotion rivals I see you you Bournemouth and probably Brentford as the, as the main ones in this league and nine points if we went to 12 points oh yeah crikey that's a big kind of point difference to make up really isn't it yeah well I, I was I was sort of saying that um earlier on whereby you know if if we lose this game and we're 12 points beyond Norwich and we're, we're trying to catch them ultimately it's uh, effectively you can sort of kiss top spot goodbye and it sounds stupid because we're not even halfway to, uh, in the season yet I think we've got three more games until the halfway point so it's crazy but you you sort of answered it just there um we always ask the fans that come on you th- the three to go up and three to go down um if you start with your three to go down and then tell us your three to go up Three to go down, I think, will be Sheffield Wednesday, Wickham. Yeah. And oh, uh, the third one's always a tricky one. I think it will be Rotherham, but I yeah. hope they stay up. But, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, I think Sheffield Wednesday, as you say, Tony Pulis sounds like he's just happy not to concede. And if he can <laughs> nick a goal 
miraculously somehow he'll do it. But um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one for that third spot. And I, I love Wickham. They, they really give it their all, but I yeah. think they're, they're out of their depth a bit sure. too much. Yeah. Uh, and then in terms of the three to go up, I mean, at the moment, it's it's looking like I should probably change that question to two to go up because you boys are flying. <laughs> but you're three to go up. I, I'm sure we know what one of them is. But if you just give us all three. It might be a little bit lazy, but I would be surprised if it's anyone other than the three relegated teams. Because yeah. I just think, I think if, if you, you guys get the bounce that you need and kind of get a manager who utilises the attacking threats you have, like, like us and Bournemouth have, I think we're clear. I think Brentford's the only other one. You know, we played against Swansea, who played decently, but don't really finish. And the rest of the league, to be honest, is, is really quite poor. I yeah. remember a couple of years ago, the standard was high. You know, we had to deal with Leeds and couple of other teams that were really good up there West Brom as well but this year I'm really not worried about anyone apart from yourselves Brentford and Bournemouth really yeah I mean it's interesting you say that you look at this season and to, to be fair I sort of disagreed when people were saying that this is the easiest it's been the championship is never easy I, no, I will no. admit that it is it, it's the standard's perhaps not quite there that it has been the recent seasons. The one season, and again, I'm probably being biased, that I loved in the Championship purely because of how close it was, was that season uh, we all went up in 14-15. That was one hell of a season. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. and like you say, it looks like those the three that went up that that season, hopefully it will be those three to go up again. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But it's certainly going to be interesting in terms of the game itself. As you say, we're sort of, in the unknown, obviously, Ivic was sacked last night, very late on. Whether they've got someone coming over or whether they've got someone over, who knows? Uh, I'm sure we'll find out by the, the next game. But, yeah, thank you very, very much for, for your time today, Jacob, and coming on. Like I said, Jacob is part of the Canary cast, so I'll be tagging them in the tweet. So make sure you go and check them out. And hopefully, Jacob, it's a good game for the neutral and we don't get an absolute tonking like I think we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah, no, much appreciated. Hopefully, yeah, it's, I hope it is a good game and yeah. kind of shows off why we're both up there. But uh, yeah, best of bad luck and all of that. And uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll see how it goes. Absolutely, mate. Thank you very, very much. Cheers, mate. Appreciate cheers. it. So, massive thanks to Jacob there from the Canary Cast podcast. Uh, go and check them out. They'll be in the tweet that we put out um but yeah ben it's um it's been a pleasure as always speaking to you a pretty meaty podcast as usual but we've had a lot to discuss um to be honest ben i can't wait for the christmas special uh like i say we've got a lot plans and we've got a couple of guests coming on the regular podcast as well in a couple of weeks so that's going to be interesting but uh hopefully ben it's not that bad of a result on boxing night and i wish you and all of our followers and listeners a very merry christmas ben yeah, brilliant. Um, looking forward to it. It should be more of a, a cheerful podcast, um, yeah. doing our Christmas special. Talking, I know it, we're going to be talking about what's happened in the calendar year and it's not been too positive with relegation and that, but we're going to try and bring you a bit of joy. Um, it'll be a good show. Um, we've got a lot planned and um, yeah, I'm wishing yourself and your family and all the viewers a very Merry Christmas and I hope you all stay safe. Absolutely. Couldn't have put it better myself. Myself and Ben will be back on Sunday, the 27th of December, to talk of the Norwich game. Uh, We'll have a special guest, but that will be released closer to the time. And we will also be 
speaking to a Millwall fan, hopefully, ahead of our crunch game uh, at the New Den on the 29th of December. Uh, so, as always, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Stay safe, especially you lot in Tier 4. Have a very, very good Christmas, and we will speak to you again on Christmas Eve. Take care, guys. <laughs> Podcast Network.